What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Work Prince Magicians podcast. Nicole's finally back from her vacation. How was it, Nicole? It was really nice, and I wish I was still at the beach. <laughs> but you. <laughs> but I'm but, back. <laughs> but would you have recorded from the beach? Uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would not uh, rely on how uh, reliable the internet was at the beach, so yeah. You know, I probably would have dropped my phone in the water, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we took a two weeks off. Uh, we we planned on doing some podcasts, but then realized we were short on time. Um, so apologies to anyone that was looking forward to them. But we're back. I think we should be good throughout uh, the rest of the season, up to the finale. And then you guys will be without us for a year, unless Nicole and I find a new show to podcast about. But, um... Yeah, I, I have a terrible memory. I don't really remember too many events uh, from the previous two episodes. I know Penny and uh, Marina were time traveling or well, timeline were, jumping. Yeah, they went to like a different... Yeah. Uh, t- I forget which timeline, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, and so... Yeah, there's something I want to mention. I think one of the timelines they jumped, they jumped to had humans being well aware of magic and kind of like... It was like a the militarized zone on. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah, was the magic. last one that they I think kind of spent the longest time at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling that's where the season is headed. I feel Ooh. like I feel like magic is going to like uh, be exposed at, because of everything that's going down, and I feel like that was a like a look at possibly what's to come. Which would be insane, because how do you fix something like that? Um, I don't know. That, that's just a feeling I had, because it, it was like, a, they did a really nice job at, like, dressing that timeline. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I don't know, they always plant these little seeds that no one sees coming. And I feel like this was one of them. That's a really good point. And, you know, if we learn more about God's kind of in the future um during the rest of the series and how um you know i like i think we we might have been talking offline how your theory was that they're just really really powerful magicians Mm -hmm. what if you know in that alternate timeline there was a way to kind of combat that because technically how could you outlaw magic if there was um creatures as powerful or beings as powerful as the gods that could if they ch- so chose to right could sort yeah. of probably wipe everyone like every non-magical human's memory and so, or like block it or something right so i don't mm-hmm. know that would be kind of interesting yeah yeah and then i think the other important thing that we should point out is katie seems to be slowly positioning herself as the head hedge witch which, you know, some that's sort of interesting, too, because, uh, like, after that episode, that timeline uh, timeline jumping episode, Marina pretty much peaced out, right? She ended up going to, um, to find her true love in timeline 40 and is now with her, right? 
Yeah, I believe that's where we left. I, I'm telling you my memory is terrible with some of the smaller details. Um, but yeah, I expect her to show her face again. Maybe not this season, but next. Yeah. There's no there's no doing away with any of the characters we love in this series. That's true. Plus, I... Yeah, I kind of... I mean, I like, I love Marina so much because she's always, like, kind of hungry for power. But, you know, will she be back in, like, a different capacity? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it... Remind me again, where did we leave Alice, Fog, and Zelda? At, was it that Fog brought in Alice? Um, she... After after um, Sheila got approached by the library after the Modesto um, library explosion, mm-hmm. um, we... I know, my memory's a little fuzzy, too. Like, she... She, I think Alice found out at some point that Sheila was taken, and so that's why she went to Fog to okay. to kind of try and figure out a way for her to be able to help Sheila because she kind of felt responsible. <laughs> All right, makes sense. And if you're wondering, like, why don't we remember these episodes from last week? We've seen these episodes like weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I think as of right now, we have access to up till episode ten. Uh, and we're on episode eight right now, so it's yep. it usually it, it takes a few weeks, um, and uh, usually involves rewatches. Um, so like that's why when we podcast, we're usually really fresh because we've just watched that episode mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah, but uh, what were your thoughts on episode eight? I um I like the setup, and it actually felt like it went by really fast, and mm-hmm. it didn't. Like I feel like they spent the most time um, on Quentin, Julia, Penny twenty three, Katie, um, and I think oh, Poppy. And Poppy, yeah, Poppy yes. reappears, and who doesn't love Felicia, um, who plays her? So that was really nice, and um, less more so on uh, Fen and Margot this week, and even Elliot. Elliot is not really very prominent in this in this week's episode, and um, but we do kind of get a little bit more on what's been happening with um, with uh, Zelda and Fog and Alice and um, Harriet, which yay, I'm excited about. Yeah, um, this episode plus next week mm-hmm. really push the narrative forward in a great way. And I might tease a, th- a few things for next week's episode as we uh, talk about, uh, you know, home improvement episode eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get started with. Uh, I think we're gonna break this down into three sections. Uh, the first one being Alice and everything going on with Zelda Fog, and surprise, her mother. Uh, and then we'll follow that up with Quentin, Julia, Elliot, aka the creature, Pete, aka Love Lady. Uh, Katie, Penny, and Poppy, and then uh, we'll wrap things up with a co- short storyline this week, which will expand much further next week with mm-hmm. Fen and Margot. Um, so, you want to take it away with Alice? So, Alice uh, starts out in this episode um, going to break bills to see Dean Fogg because she is seeking his help to... F- um, somehow rescue Sheila from the library. Um, and it just so happens that Zelda is also in the library, or in the library, um, at Breakbills in Dean Fogg's office because she needs Alice. And so the three of them basically come up with a deal wherein Alice, they, uh, Zelda needs Alice 
to do a spell in order to help her bring Harriet out of the mirror world. Alice needs Zelda to then um, essentially help, well, I forget, was it to help, not necessarily to break Sheila out, was it? Or was it to, like, I know that Dean Fogg has suggested, well, you need to then have Zelda bury um, Sheila's book and Alice's book. Yeah. So there aren't any um, sort of, like, Fogg was yeah, Fogg was really playing both sides here yeah. to his own benefit, but, like, he was also very helpful in getting everyone what they wanted. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, like, Alice wants Sheila and her book buried so no one can find her, mm -hmm. uh, but then Fogg throws in, and we want an extra month of rations, uh, for each semester at Brickville's. For a year, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, for a year or just indefinite? I thought I heard for a year, or something like that. Yeah, it's something, but they could definitely get a lot more magic than uh, yeah. they had in the past, which is, I think, from what we've seen like earlier this season. It's like his service fee. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's, broker he's a broker. He brokered the deal. He gets a little cut. Yeah, but it looks like Break Build really needs it, since a lot of their magic is drained just from coursework, and maybe they could finally start doing bigger spells. You know, though, I wonder why Fog didn't create more sort of self-perpetuating batteries, because couldn't that an individual power battery like what he did for um, the the spell on um, the group for their secret identities could have um, powered some of their other spells, right? I don't I, know. Yeah. I think that was due to the library allowing him to do it. They probably oh, gave him enough true. magic to cast it. Oh, that's it. true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so we then have a kind of temporary truce between Zelda and Alice. Alice um, agrees to help um, Zelda out, and actually Fog provides her the spell, which trans uh, transforms any object into a beacon that can, I, I guess, I'm guessing it sort of guides Zelda, or I mean Harriet, who's still stuck in the mirror world. Um, to the specific mirrors. Um, I think, too, like, at this point, um, I don't know why. Is it maybe because it's Alice's specific skill as um, in her uh, specific discipline that makes her the only person, really, who can cast this? But in order to do the, the that beacon spell, Alice needs to cast it with her mother as a cooperative spell. Yeah. So she then so goes to see Stephanie. <laughs> Yeah, so I think uh, one of the reasons they go to Alice as well is because of her time as a Niffin, and she's actually oh, that's spent. That's true. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. True. I think she mentioned she spent time in the Mirror World, and she mentioned. I think Zelda mentions that like she saw when she was in there, she saw some creature in her daughter's place, yes. and yes. Uh, Alice says that she called them like shards of a person. It's not actually them, but like a yes. fractured version of them it, it, it's strange but those monsters are like something you'd expect out of like uh, a Freddy Krueger movie or something yes and the whole mirror world kind of reminds me of like something Guillermo del Toro would do. yes right it's 100% <laughs> something right out of Pan's Labyrinth yes yes um, but at least you know Zelda I think has hopes that Harriet is still in there and that she's alive and so she is kind of going behind the library's back in order to try and get her daughter back and um, because Harriet had helped Alice in the past too I think that's why she's more willing to basically go into this deal 
But next part, we have Alice um, meeting up with Stephanie again. AKA mom. AKA mom. And she finds out that Stephanie has basically gone to the library and gotten a library card and had a magical meter installed in her house um, because she needs <laughs> I, the magic. I love how she, like justifies it to Alice. She's like, there's a gas meter on our house. Doesn't mean they're doing any, the gas company's doing anything evil. Or are they? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, I bet the library's collecting all sorts of data because, you know, everyone wants data these days. (laughs) The the library is the Facebook of magic. Ah, yes. (laughs) Zelda Zuckerberg. Oh, my God. It was right there in front of us the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man she um she being Z- uh not zelda stephanie um still has uh, she i mean she hasn't really i think changed that much from when we last saw her and she still um has a very difficult relationship with alice um but you know she's willing to actually try out the cooperative spell but it they try it five times and it fails and stephanie's like really eager to get alice out of um the house and alice is like why and of course she's very distrustful of her mom and stephanie finally goes no carol's here and if you can remember the last time you were torturing carol because she thought uh, alice had thought that the lamprey was in her yeah, she like shocks her with yep. a with shocky like, stick. Yeah, it's like was it car like a car battery? Car battery jumper cables. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, Al- uh, Alice actually apologizes to Carol, and Carol, oh. yeah. <laughs> who has a new um, look due to a spell, exactly. aka like a casting, spell. Yeah. <laughs> a- aka casting somebody totally different. <laughs> oh yeah. And um, Carol then goes to kind of explain what her new business is, which is um, love aids, wherein there there are different there are dummies that you can um, purchase. That um, I think it involves some kind of DNA transfer work as well, wherein if your partner is um, someplace long distance, you can do whatever you want, and they to the dummy and the your partner will feel it aka voodoo dolls ah uh, yes 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 yeah and the library is not so happy with exactly. any of this and they that's why um you know douche traveler appears soon after with another librarian in tow and alice freaks out and thinks that her mother has turned her in and so she activates her dad's um backup boards and so the the librarians can't get in but that also means that they can't get out um she's She's then really berating her mother and is just like, I can't believe you did this. I'm your own daughter, blah, 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 blah. And Stephanie is forced to reveal that she didn't actually turn her Allison, but she turned Carol in. Because no matter what, um, Carol is making voodoo dolls and her clients have been using them to exact revenge on other people. (laughs) So, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, The mother and daughter they'll have kind of like a very tender moment wherein it you know stephanie at one point almost hits alice but stops herself and says that she like no matter what alice says does um she would never turn her in because she's the only family she has left and 
And so in that moment, and and she and Stephanie even goes to say that I've been trying to basically get you out of here because I knew that the librarians were coming. And so Alice then realizes that in her own weird way, her mother actually does care about her. And so they, um, they in order to one save themselves they hatch up the plan of using the librarian's DNA who had actually stuck by Stephanie's house earlier on the voodoo dolls so that they could incapacitate them for a short period of time and both Carol and Alice could get away. Um, but Alice and um, Stephanie try the cooperative spell one more time and it actually works because Alice admits that her mother never gave up being her mother. She had just given up being um her daughter it was like oh that's so touching and the, the best was after they um after she admits that stephanie goes to her it's like so, so it was your fault, fault. And she's like oh great <laughs> <laughs> like as touching as that moment was don't it's dc will over. Al- yeah dc will always find a way to ruin the moment <laughs> so then um alice goes back to fog and zelda and is getting ready to hand over the compact mirror that they've u- that um, that she's put the spell on um, as a beacon. When Sheila comes in, and Sheila has joined the library. Oh no! Alice, of course, is freaking out because she's like, "How can you do this? Like the library is horrible." But Sheila, not having experienced what Alice has experienced. Um, is a bit more pragmatic and says that she understands that they've done, you know, like not great things, but there's she's sort of bought into the idea that the library is doing more good than harm and that she, you know, she's sort of drunk the Kool Aid, so to speak. And so she asks Alice to let her go. Yeah. And that was kind of sad. But, yeah. And I, hmm. I think for Sheila too, it was part of just finding somewhere where she belongs, yes. which she's struggled with yes. for so long. Yes. And now that she knows she's actually a magician with an ability this. that can yeah. actually help an organization. Like, uh, she, and she does admit, you know, like, like you said, they're not perfect. Th- yeah. They're not perfect, but like who, like, and no one is. So in her eyes, it's like, maybe I can do some good. Uh, what I, at least what I took away from it was like, maybe she can do some good change from within and not make you know had this trend of them being this terrible organization um follow through so you know, we don't know there might be uh we might find an ally in sheila just yet uh-huh and because sheila's ability i forget was like to be able to find um sources of magic basically right yeah, or like or just find things i find think it was so okay. she she found she found that money which she oh, donated yeah, to the yeah. church for the cancer patient yeah. and she was able to find the a magic leak it was so i think she's able to aid those in finding things that are hard to find ah, um, that's a pretty cool discipline oh yeah. and speaking of hard to find things <laughs> um it seems like uh if Elliot finds out, or the creature finds out, that would be... Huh. Maybe that's a future storyline. Oh, yeah. Especially because they need to find some stuff. Whoops. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I honestly don't know if this is a spoiler or not. <laughs> I know, I was like, but, wait, this is a spoiler. Yeah, no. <laughs> not, not a spoiler through episode 9, as far as I know. Yeah. Um... I haven't seen ten yet, but uh, in finding yeah, I wonder. more body parts, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if you think, if we think about it, uh, the creature has been on Quentin and Julia, maybe Penny a bit as well, about finding those uh, pieces of the organ. I think last 
we left them, they were they talked to the dead mummy mm-hmm. about a, a piece, and they're getting these pieces together, but they're having a hard time finding them. I mean, who better to help them find someone something like that than uh, Sheila? That's but true. Yeah. That would involve Alice being welcomed back, which hasn't. Which hasn't if you remember, really she's yeah. yeah, she's been she was banished banished to Modesto. So. Yep. Um, by well, not really banished, but like sent there by Quentin on a promise by Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, so curious to see how all this plays out. Yeah, but speaking of Elliot and the creature, mm-hmm. um, that's a good segue into the next drugs. Movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess Q and him have a deal wherein um, they will continue to help him look for his body parts as long as he treats Elliot's body with more care. A.K.A. not giving it tons and tons of drugs and alcohol. Exactly. (laughs) Um, although, you know, he, um, he's still, he, I forget, like, he, how many body parts do they have right now? Is it By the end of this episode, I think they have three. Three, okay. Okay, so, so they, they have the one two right now from from Bacchus and from Iris. Yes, that's what it was, Bacchus and Iris. They, okay. I was trying to remember where they got the first one from. Uh, yeah, Bacchus was the first killed, and Iris, they were tricked in an episode or two ago. Mm-hmm. And this third one, they get from a dragon! Pete! Well, Pete and the dragon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pete the, wasn't there an animated movie about Pete the dragon or something? Yes. I th- I forget if it was Disney. It might have been, it, or I'm googling this as we speak. Yeah, Pete Pete's Dragon, Disney. Pete's Dragon. There we go. Yay. Yeah. Um. So, um, Katie offers to help and connects them with Pete, who is now kind of dealing in like black market magical antiquities and artifacts, and he shows them three objects. The first one, um, I think, was like a something that was petrified, that could petrify anything. And then there was a magical um, pipe, organ pipe. Yeah. And then the last thing was a rock. And Q's like, that's it. That's it we're looking for. Yeah, apparently it was like rumored to have a lot of power stored within. Yes. And it turns out that, um, yeah, that rock is with a dragon. And Pete's all like, did you guys know dragons were real? And Q's like, yeah, I've met three. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like yeah. <laughs> and Pete's like, he's like, oh, come on. <laughs> um, but so the dragon is the East River dragon. And uh, he arranges for an appointment for them um, the next morning to talk to the dragon's herald. And it, I, I want to add that Julia is not thrilled that Pete's... Um, kind of helping them just because of their past history um in let's say back in was it season one yeah season one hedge history yeah um but so julia and uh quentin end up going to the east river the next day and uh they bring a telescope even though um q is pretty certain that it's lame and is not really going to do anything for them. But luckily, the Herald is sort of super busy and he's fielding all these phone calls and they're like, oh, what's going on? Can we help? And the the dragon has um, had something stolen from him or her. 
Um, it turns out to be a magical elixir that has been removed somehow from the horde and the only clue that they have is a dart that was used. I'm presuming maybe the dart was used on the dragon itself and mm -hmm. Q recognizes it and was like, we can do this for you. We can get you this. We can get you the elixir back. And yeah. so, so Harold before says, cool. Yeah. So before we move on to where Quentin ends up going, I just want to rewind just a little bit um, to a scene earlier of uh, when Penny is talking to Julia about how he was basically like, you know, timeline hopping and he has a message to deliver to Katie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my um, so yeah. Penny 23 met with, you know, uh, Penny 40. Yeah. Penny 40 uh, in hell. And yeah, it was hell. And it, basically Penny 40 tells him you know, a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, think of it as his timeline now, that he's not taking his place. Basically, Penny Forty has really come to enjoy his job down... In the underworld. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I hate to keep jumping back, but um, that was a really good episode oh of gosh, just, like, short it stories. Was. It was so good. It was yeah, so I, was, good. I, I was really sad because, like, I think you had already lost your vacation at this point, and yeah. when I actually sat down and watched it, I was yeah. like, this would have been a great episode to talk about. <laughs> Um, but time is time. Vacation is vacation. Um, but yeah, basically Penny tells Katie that Penny 40 says he's sorry that he loves her and like, he just wants her to move on. Um, you know, and like, I, I think it's something Katie needs to hear. And I think it's something she, she's, in my opinion, she has accepted already. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think she is slightly angry at Penny 40 because like he's kind of given up on trying to escape yeah. but I think she's also come to terms with it as well like you know if it was if it's meant to be somewhere along the way they'll find each other yeah I agree. Um, although it's I, like I completely wasn't expecting Penny 40 to be like you know because he's read the story like all their stories and he know he I'm pretty sure he knows what's gonna happen right and so it's almost like he's on he is looking at things from a higher level now mm -hmm. and so that's why he can remove himself from the situation right and yeah it was like I really wasn't expecting that from his character having been such a hot like you know very volatile and like such a hothead but he has really like calmed down and like uh is is this sort of like more it's like when that frat boy you knew from college that only drunk drank and had a uh, party ends up as like a ceo of a company when you bump into yeah. him five years later yeah, and, he's and he like, has his so, shit together yeah. he's like living in the suburbs with like a beautiful wife has a kid and you're just like how the hell did this dude get his yeah, life like, together i'm yeah. i'm barely making rent and this dude is <laughs> this dude's living the life yeah so it like that was that that was kind of a very unexpected move and like and kind of fun for um uh the actor arjun gupta to be able to now play a different penny right yeah and, and he's done a good yeah, job he's uh, done a really good job like yeah. kind of doing like small differences to really be able to show you that they're two distinct characters yep he has a lot of range oh yes. and i'm so happy for it yes yes and i'm super digging um uh, Julia and Penny twenty three, I am. Although I would throw in Katie there too. Like they should have a trifecta still. Yeah. <laughs> um. So just one last point of discussion before we leave. Who on earth do you think Penny saw at the end of that episode? Penny forty. 
Because, like, when those elevator doors open, and he's like, oh, it's you. So, I I was guessing that, um, I thought it would be Cassandra. Cassandra? Yeah, do you remember how, when he first came into the underworld, um, Cassandra was the person responsible for writing the books? Oh. Yeah, who looked like Alice. Yeah, we still had that mystery hanging around, yeah, don't we? Yeah, that's why I, I... Yeah, I feel like she... Um, she might pop up again and has like a... Kind of like a larger role to play in all of this, but... Yep. That was my guess that it was her, but who knows, right? Yeah. I know. I, 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 that's one that I still have a head-scratcher over. I, I feel like it's... I initially thought it would be one of the Break Bell students, mm-hmm. uh, but then thinking more on it, I'm like, it's probably somebody we least expect. <laughs> uh, maybe a god. Oh yeah, That's it a- could be a god, since he's already met, like, Hades. Yeah. Hmm. I'm curious to see where it goes. Hmm. Maybe it's Zelda, who knows? Oh, who knows, yeah, it could be Zelda. Yeah. Or it could be Ember, or who knows? <laughs> yeah, because the way time works down there does not make any sense. So, so we should, should, curious to see. Yeah, so should we... Okay, wait, where do we leave off? So we left Q... off with... Yes, we're jumping back into the regular episode now. Okay. Um, sorry about that, but I think it needed to be discussed. Uh, yes. Q uh, found that dart, or got the dart, and he knows exactly where he needs to go. And he finds our favorite guest star, Felicia Day, yeah. a.k.a. Poppy. Poppy. Poppy Clan. Who is such a pathological liar. <laughs> I mean, I think she's told, in a span of like 20 minutes in this episode, she tells four different lies yeah. that like uh, unravel fairly quickly. Um, I mean, the first thing we notice when uh, Quentin gets there is that Poppy is pregnant. Oh yes, and and she tells Quentin it's his child. <laughs> like, th- th- does she actually tell him, or does does it kind of jump and then oh, to it, Julia arriving? It, it kind of jumps because yeah. they, I mean, the, at first it's like she's like, "What are you doing at the physical kids cabin?" And she's like, "Well, technically, I never unenrolled, so I'm still a student." And then and then she cuts to. Um, showing her belly and then he's like whoa um and then he I guess never returns to the apartment and so yeah. julia goes looking for him and he's like full-on kind of being the doting doting dad and <laughs> is helping poppy with whatever she needs and uh you know the, one of the first things i think we notice is that there are all these heaters there and you're like hmm i wonder why that is weird and curious um and i forget if if q reveals then that he's a dad or he doesn't until katie and penny 23 join julia i think he doesn't then okay because i because then he shows up i think it was like sand or something oh yeah (laughs) to make her comfortable because she feels Uh, like being at the beach yeah uh which is cute because like quentin like i think from what we see in this episode like he i think he realized he really wants to be a dad he might not have found anyone uh to love in the long run but he definitely wants to be a dad i wonder if this leads him to forgiving alice Ooh, we'll see (laughs) he just his loneliness gets to him (laughs) you know maybe he ends up thinking that it's better to 
accept someone for their flaws because he is uh, perfect himself. And let's be real, Alice this season has been on her forgiveness tour. Yeah, exactly. Um, so exactly. she, she really like she's really trying. She's trying, and she, like she really goes out of her way for people uh, this season, uh, and already has. Uh, so I'm really, I I really hope like the group brings her back in. Stop ostracizing Alice. It's time to forgive. And she's like one of the best magicians they have, so you know. Yeah. It would be helpful, right? <laughs> exactly. So I think, um, yeah, the Katie and Penny show up, and they're like, kind of like, what the hell is going on? So they're like looking to see if there's this elixir, and Penny finds this empty bottle that's similar to what they're looking for, but it's empty. Yes. And then Katie <laughs> finds a piece of uh, a dragon erotica graphic novel written by Poppy Klein herself. And as she reads through it, she realizes that the elixir is dr- special dragon sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Penny quickly drops the bottle. <laughs> And then they kind of wonder if Poppy has, in fact, uh, inseminated herself with the dragon sauce, Um, which... Which she says she she does! does, And is the first (laughs) true mother of dragons, and it's going to be a human-dragon hybrid, which I don't know how that would work, but hey... (laughs) That would have been cool. Yeah, and so I think another thing we learn from the book is that because uh, dragon fetuses like cast this aura that causes those around it to be very protective mm-hmm. of it, yeah. and that's why Quentin's acting the way he's acting. Uh, it's not that he actually thinks he's the father. Well, I mean, the spell is making him very protective. I think, yeah, they assume that it's because since he touched Poppy's belly, yeah. that's when um, the spell kind of took effect. Um, but then I think after doing some math, they quickly realized that none of this makes any sense. Yes, because it takes three years to for a dragon egg to gestate into um, full maturity. Also, courtesy of the dragon porn, not erotica. Um, and so... Poppy would have only stolen the elixir last week, so it would have been impossible for her to be already this pregnant. Um, So then they pretty much assume that she's been lying the whole time and that the pregnancy is just a normal human pregnancy, but there is a fertilized dragon egg somewhere in the cabin. So they go off and try to find it. Which they do. And it turns out Poppy's lying yet again. (laughs) She didn't inseminate herself. She actually just use it to fertilize the egg um so they decided to take the egg back to was it the east river dragon yeah yes east river dragon and then one thing that i really loved about that scene though too is that quentin called the egg falcor yes i was like oh my god yes i love you quentin and poppy's like we're not naming naming him falcor But it's the perfect name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's some like great lines this episode. Okay. Uh, I I think one from early on is when Elliot first appears and he's like, "It is not Good Morning America." <laughs> <laughs> and 
one of the effects of the egg, um, the dragon egg, is that it makes you want to lick it. So or or t- touch it in some or lick it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that wears off. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. But um, Penny twenty three ends up grabbing it with some oven mitts. But um, the magic is so strong that it doesn't matter. He gets affected. But when Dr- Julia gets the egg from him, she pretends that it's affecting her, but it's not really because of her special human god hybrid situation going on that she was not affected in the least and so um katie then whips out sam's gun and is like back off or the egg gets it and so the two then rush to the east river to um give the dragon back its elixir in who in the form of the egg (laughs) so back at the dock they they get there but then um penny uh, Poppy and Quentin catch up, but thankfully the dragon pops up and she's like, "What is going on? And why is everyone being so loud and noisy?" And the dragon soon learns that she's gonna be a mother, which she's not happy about because she's like fourteen thousand two hundred years old. She's and very she's young. Still, she's, she's very, very young. young. Yeah. I mean, she has so much of her life ahead of her. I mean, how could she be so irresponsible? <laughs> But then she... Okay, but here's my question. If if the egg was... She said it belongs to somebody else, right? Yes, it was the, the uh, a French dragon from the Seine River named Amelie. Yeah, so if that's the case, do female dragons have sperm? <coughs> or was it like... A- you know, I I wonder if they are... They, they might have, like, both... Maybe I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know anything about dragon physiology I mean, or the reproductive they cycle. Would be considered reptiles, right? And so, yeah. are there some like, of them are asexual? Yeah, are there? Like, f- I'm sorry, this is really embarrassing. I have no. Um, I guess I did not retain anything from biology. <laughs> all right, so all our <laughs> listeners out there, just send us your favorite dragon fan fiction about their reproduction. <laughs> reproduction. Just to Bilal, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can send it to the wordpress at gmail.com. <laughs> and we'll read our favorite ones. <laughs> uh, let's just assume that, yeah, I guess they're capable of both. So yes. both laying eggs and producing dragon sperm. Yeah. So Seahorses yeah. are kind of like exactly. dragons. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I, fa- I solved it. Save the go. fan fiction. Yeah, there we go. And so the East River dragon is like, oh, well, um, I guess she's going to use that new dragon baby as some kind of leverage against the other dragon and accepts the gift, um, which is good because it actually um, leads them to getting the rock from her in a very nice way. The her- she sends a herald over the apartment um, with the rock as kind of like a thank you note for getting her the dragon egg. And Julia actually gets a lead on what she is because the herald has a message from her from his mistress and the message is basically that you know, for the was it for like for the good of all of their kind um julia should not be complacent in her current state and needs to kind of figure it out sooner exactly later and yeah. has her go search for a person or a creature called the binder um but of course like no other information apart from that 
You know who she should really ask? Who? Mitt Romney, because he has a binder full of women. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback. Throwback (laughs) to election 2008. 12? 8? Wait. Maybe 12. No. 12, 12 I think. 12, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, wait, did I miss Mitt Romney making a cameo appearance or cameo mention? <laughs> Imagine it is Rip- Mitt Romney she ends up binding. Oh my god, that would be kind of hilarious. Mitt Romney cast as the binder. <laughs> be like, what the hell am I doing in there? <sighs> so at least, you know, Julia now has a little bit of idea. And I thought that that was really interesting that the bi- that the binder the dragon uh called kind of included her as their kind right so does that yeah. could that mean that she's a magical creature of sorts yeah i now? mean I, yeah i would imagine so i like a demigod of sorts i'm guessing because in the books should i reveal what happened to her in the books as far as i've read in wikipedia uh. <laughs> Do you think it's spoiler for what's to come, or do you think it, it's enough know. has changed? I don't Let's know. Let's just be on the safe side here. Okay. I don't want to piss off anyone. Okay. Um, we're so close to the end of the season That's that true. Oh, I right. feel like I feel like we'll find out soon. How about this? If it turns out to be something completely different in the show, I think we can revisit this. Okay. All right. Pin note on that. Yes. So, who is Julia? Who is what Julia? Is Ju- what is she? <laughs> who, what, where? How is Julia? <laughs> but at least though, she has a nice conversation with Penny23 about it where she says that, um, you know, she she reveals that she she's really lonely because of the idea that she's going to outlive everyone in her current mm-hmm. state. And he goes, well, I'm not exactly human like fully human myself which is true right travelers aren't fully human because of, yeah you know that that um magical capacity is in their dna um and so he's like as a traveler you're both alone alone and not at the same time and i was like oh you two shucks i want to go it- on a date <laughs> yeah that would be nice Sparks, let the sparks fly, <laughs> magicians. <laughs> and hey, if they have babies, it would be they could potentially be super traveler mm, slash demi traveler yeah, gods, magical creature <laughs> folks. Yes. So let's jump to Margot and Fen now, the who have shortest... like a nice side quest. Yeah. Okay, so I need I need to know if I'm going crazy or if anybody else feels this way but why does it feel like every time i see margo at the beginning of an episode like it was at the beginning of this episode it was at the beginning of the quickening uh the way she is filmed it just i feel like she's not there or it's like somebody there's something going on like a dreamlike thing yes yes 100 percent. and i don't know why i feel this way about margo yeah like it, you know, it's not just me, right? No, 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 no. It's like the whole time, like, I'm not sure if this is real, right? Or is this, like, some yeah. dream sequence? Which, you know, they actually really cleverly play into for this episode because when we first see Margot and Fen, Fen's, like, off, you know, on a, on a solo quest. She's going to find out what this prophecy dream is all about. 
and she notices someone's following her and so she throws a knife and it turns out to be Margot, right? And Margot's like, um, I think your dreams have all had something to do with me so I clearly need to be on this quest with you. And so reluctantly, Fen agrees even though she's like, so it has nothing to do with you not really wanting to talk to Josh right now. She's like, of course not, of course not. Um, but they go end up um, at a cottage where there's a woman, a hooded woman dressed in green and she's she looks very similar to the hooded green figure in Fen's dreams. And so um, she when she takes her hood off, she's wearing a cat mask and starts telling Fen like kind of bogus, oh, you need, I see that you need to fix my yard in order to get your prophecy. And of course, Margo knows right away that this is like, this is not legit. Um, but Fen is so eager to get her prophecy that she's like, sure, I'll do whatever. Um, and then Margot ends up trapping the woman in some vines and gets her to admit that she's not actually the person that they're looking for. But there have been a lot of other um, pilgrims who have come looking for this specific um, individual or magical creature. And its name is dun 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 the napster <laughs> <laughs> and because because fed has spent some time on earth she actually gets that reference <laughs> which was pretty funny good like she met sean parker in a denny's or something yes exactly and she knows the karate kid I forget when they yes. mentioned that, but they did. <laughs> something about wax on, wax off training as they're cleaning the, uh, the ladies. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so she, the woman basically tells Fen that the Napster can only be caught in dreams. And so the next time we see them, Fen and Margot are back in the ca- uh, back at Whitespire and. Um, I forget what they were kind of talking about. Do you remember <laughs> my mind? I'm still jet lagged, and my mind is kind of delirious. Um, oh, uh, when, and they're talking about how I think Margo wants to marry Josh, and she wants Fen to walk her down the aisle oh or something God. like that. <laughs> okay, so Fen's like, "Wait, I'm in a dream." Because I think I think Margot's like, "You're my best friend." And or always, she's like, "Wait yeah. a second, this isn't <laughs> real." <laughs> so too good to be true <laughs> so yeah so Fen figures out it's a dream and is able to um, trap the Napster and corner her because she's taken Ambien so that means she's not gonna wake up for a long time in fact she may never wake up so the Napster then gives her a choice where she can either find out about her destiny or someone else's destiny and at first she just she thinks oh margot probably needs this more than i do and so i should really ask about her destiny but then the napster goes well how much do you really um it's like shouldn't you want to find out for yourself what your life is about and so fen goes screw it yeah give me my prophecy um and this is where it's really interesting just because the Napster says sometime really soon you have to stand next to the High King and then dethrone her no matter what the cost if blood by necessary. Dun dun dun. So basically you might have to kill Margot. But because it's the magicians it's not 
going to play out the way we expected, right? Wherein there's got to be some kind of other plot happening at the same time where because in the past we've been told that Margot is going to rule for a long time as a really good queen and by herself, this can't be, uh, like, I can't imagine that Fen is really, really going to dethrone her, right? Mm-hmm. So that should be really fun, though, to see what that twist is going to be. And I'm kind of glad, though, that they are giving Fen, um, like, a larger uh, role as well. Yeah, I mean, I, the other thing to take into realization, too, is or consideration, uh, is that Fen was ruling Fillory while oh, yeah. everyone was gone. gone. Exactly. She has the so, capability to do it. Yeah. And I think she, and, you know, the prophecy says very soon. And by very soon, they really mean next week. Yeah, in so. next week's episode. <laughs> yes. So there's your tease, folks. Because <laughs> I could tease more. I th- there, there are things we have teased. Uh, you just don't know it. Yes, exactly. No, well, but nothing we blatantly said that we don't know about. So <laughs> there you go. Um, I really want to watch episode 10 right now. I have to like, finish nine. I was like half asleep when I started watching it, so it's a, yeah. I need to I need to rewatch it with more um, with more clarity and sleep on my head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that does it for this week's episode. Um, I'm yeah. There's a lot of good stuff coming. Yeah, and um, you know we. I think we're after there's gonna be what nine ten up to thirteen so we got a good yeah. bunch more and five more yeah yep and I can't do math so I'm gonna trust you <laughs> nine ten eleven twelve thirteen yeah yeah yeah, yeah this is why finger counting <laughs> this is why we're doing what we do because we don't count <laughs> I don't count in real life what? no. <laughs> All right. Um, So thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Um, You can catch us again next week um, and follow us over at the work print on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube. Um, Yeah. And you can find um, Nicole's review. I almost called you Michelle and I don't know a Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) You're the delirious one. one Who's the one with the lack of sleep here? Huh? I I, I don't know. All right, you can find Nicole's reviews. Do you have a review going up for this one, right? Yeah, I do. Have yeah, because I think I think I think the last one we just did a, a podcast. Uh, we just threw it up. Um, yeah, so the review on podcast will be up on the website as well, and on iTunes and Google Play. I will look to get it up on Spotify. I just need to look into those details. Cool. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.